Hello, listener. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I am Mike, and thanks for taking a moment of your day to spend it with me. Today we are talking Scream Ah 6, the commentary. Scream 6 just came out on digital. We just did a full movie commentary for it that's on the channel that you can check out. You can just watch it on Paramount Plus if you have Paramount Plus. But if you want to buy it digitally, there are certain places that have the special features and certain places that don't. And then there's certain places that have the special features but don't have the commentary. I have noticed after buying and returning the movie several different places that all I can tell you for sure is that you live in America and you buy it on iTunes, then you get the special features and you get a commentary with Radio Silence and Guy Busick and James Vanderbilt and all of them. So the whole Radio Silence crew, basically. But I also know that you can't watch that on your TV. If you have it on iTunes, you have to watch it inside of iTunes. It's all very, very complicated, and I don't know why. It's no Sharon Stone in terms of easiness. I didn't mean it like that. But after watching said commentary with Radio Silence, I came away with a vast new, a troth, a buffet, a swan, a frickin' gaggle, if you will, of new information about Scream Sean Connery's birthday. Irish wristwatch. And a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about today is great, but I, I recommend you do actually watch the commentary because there's so much interesting behind-the-scenes stuff and things that they talk about and interesting things that Scream fans will get a delight, a big kick out of. This is the stuff that stood out the most to me, but there's definitely a lot more on there than this. Number one, the hot cold game in the beginning of the movie between Tony Revolori's character and Ghostface happened. It went a lot longer on, and they decided that, hey, how long is too long? Because typically... We're talking to a person who's scared in this scene, and 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 is the phone call with, with Ghostface just going on too long? Is it losing steam? So they shortened that up a whole lot, they said. I found it interesting because having watched the movie like nine times now and just twice yesterday doing the commentary myself and then listening to their commentary, I do find that scene almost drags a little bit. Like It's like at that point where they're playing the hot cold game, at least upon rewatch, and it's an extremely rewatchable movie. That's one of its best qualities, but I do find having them go here and there... It does kind of start to drag a little bit. So that was a smart move. Now, if you're going to ask me, is that going to be in the deleted scenes? Where are the deleted scenes, by the way? One of the most interesting things they said is that there are no deleted scenes. They said Paramount, uh, they didn't say Paramount specifically, but they said they keep asking for, Spyglass, whoever, keep asking for deleted scenes. And they're like, no, we don't have any because there are none. There was very low amount of noting or meddling in the movie from anybody. And basically what we got is the director's cut. So that's why there are no deleted scenes. And as someone who was bummed, not to have the deleted scenes to talk about and play with and 23s could do a bit. I, I feel like that's a good thing in the end of the day, right? We got exactly their vision. Okay, so you know how after the title drop finally happens, that awesome opening scene, the Mike Shinoda's In My Head kicks in? They talked about that a bit and how they just couldn't find the right song with the right energy to go into that mode. And Mike Shinoda actually came there, watched some scenes from the movie, and sent them a clip of just the music. They said basically probably later that day, if they remembered correctly, but he went and wrote that music for just that energy of that, and it became the song. But I thought that was a 
really neat thing. I love it when movies are written for movies specifically, and this was even more so. The Mason and Ethan dance scene that I love so much that endears us so much to Chad when they're at the party that I found really interesting when they're just, he's like getting him hyped up and trying to get him to talk to girls and stuff like that. That running dance scene that they're doing in that moment was actually just what they were doing to get hyped up and ready for the scene, just the two actors were. But they saw them do that, and they were like, no, add that because that's perfect for the scene. And I just thought that was interesting because, again, it just endears you to Chad so much that he has this new roommate and he's not being a jock dick to him. He's trying to help him get ladies. And he just seems like an awesome dude. We also found out that date rape Steve or, or date rape Ralphie, whatever that date rape tennis player, that guy who got his balls tased was actually in a second scene later in a movie. In the scene where they go to the park to do everything, what originally was set up was that in one scene they had a few characters over here and then they had Samantha and Tara in a different section and they were actually doing the thing from Scream 2 where Gail and them were grabbing people's phones and trying to find the ghost face. And actually one point in that scene, a van door opens up really fast and scary like but it's just a couple frisbee players come out of it but that was kind of a nod to randy's death in scream 2 in that scene date rape frankie was also there i think his name actually is frankie was also there and tara tases him in the balls again to which one of the characters goes oh no your balls again the huge set piece of the bodega scene where Ghostface uses the shotgun. Originally, that sequence was supposed to end with Tara and Sam running out the back of the bodega and getting into a taxi. And then Ghostface was supposed to chase them. They don't say whether Ghostface was driving or chasing them, but they just say that Ghostface ends up crashing the taxi, actually flipping the taxi in a chase scene. And the line producer was like, no way. That shot's not going to happen. It's too difficult to make. You can't have it. So instead, unfortunately, we just got them walking out into the street as the cops pull up. Up. But we almost had a very Scream 2-ish Ghostface vehicular chase, which would have been pretty goddamn rad. Fuck you, Greg! Something really interesting to me, because like I've always said, I loved Dermot Mulroney's performance in this movie. I loved how kind of over-the-top and wild he was. It reminded me a lot of Mickey in Scream 2. I just really dig people chewing the scenery and stuff like that. So I dug it, but one interesting thing they said about it was... Sorry, my computer beeped me. You I told you to shut the fuck up when I'm making videos. They said that they had McDermott do it at several different intensities throughout his full reveal as himself. And they said, if you thought that was wild, they said there's a full gonzo version. Their words are full gonzo version of Dermot Mulroney doing that entire reveal. And fuck me, wow. I would love to see that. If that, what we got, wasn't Gonzo, and there's an even crazier version of it, stick it in, Steve. It's a perfect time to mention that the gag reel on this is one of the best gag reels I've ever seen. There's some great Ghostface moments, there's some great Dermot Mulroney moments, and I think you get to see a piece of this in there. He's like, everybody thinks they're a film student. Well, I'll be your director, I'll be your co-director, what the fuck? What the fuck? And it's just a great, great scene. It made me laugh till I peed myself. If you didn't notice, when Gail walks out and she gets punched, she gets fake out punched and then actually punched by, by Tara. In that scene, if that feels familiar to you, like it did to me, it felt like old school Woodsboro, it's because they actually sampled the original Marcos Beltrami score for that scene. They said that something just felt off about it until they put that in there. And it makes me just, and I love what Brian Tyler and everybody's doing with this movie, but I, I would love to see, honestly, just one movie where they come back so we can just kind of see if it feels more like original Scream audio wise and they did talk a little bit one about the things i didn't love about the movie character wise even though i adore the movie is that gail just kind of reverted on her own arc she just went right back after everything she said in five she never wrote the dewey book she wrote the D book about them anyway she tried to sell the movie rights things that i think could come into play later on but what they said about that is they were like hey 
we thought it was funny that she did that because Gail is always going to be Gail. And some of the things that are the most interesting things about her is that she's unapologetically herself. So we thought it was fitting for her. We didn't want to see her wallowing about Dewey and being sad. So we thought it was fitting for her to kind of return to her original Gailness, which you could disagree with that or agree with it. But at least you understand where they're coming from and why they made that decision. It wasn't just poor oversight. I thought it was funny that Dermot Mulroney is the only one of the ghost faces that they actually told he was going to be ghost face because they're like, we had to get him to do the movie. So if he just kind of had this thin part as this detective without that reveal, we don't know if he would have done it. So they actually let him know ahead of time. Hey, yeah, you're ghost face. You know, I was looking for it with a, with a damn microscope, but there was no talk about Stu or anything like that. But they did say about the famous murder board is that Stu's picture, everybody's picture. They actually had to go back to these people's publicists from Tim the Oliphant to Matthew Lillard and ask for permission to use those photos which i thought was pretty interesting as far as quinn's fake out death goes there was actually a scene that they shot with dermot mulroney standing over her body and grieving and them showing us her dead and then they actually did take that out so i mean there is a few things they did take out but i guess none of them equaled enough to beat a full-on deleted scenes outside of the gag reels and stuff like that but they said they took that out because they were like it asked the question of like why are you showing me this right now and it didn't add anything to the moment and they actually went back and added the throat slit in post to her dead body to make it more seem like she was more realistically dead to throw you off now i think that they had to add the prosthetics line and all that because of that but again i don't know what it looked like that scene where her body gets thrown out beforehand maybe it was necessary they did confirm that during that that subway scene i've seen people say it but i never noticed it myself but during the subway scene when they're coming down the steps and you see michael and all them there's somebody chanting in the back evil dies tonight and that's the radio silence crew actually chanting evil dies tonight in the subway so if you heard that you're 100 percent fucking right it's not like those people who thought they heard michael ask to give his mask back in halloween kills they confirm what guy Busick told us in our interview which i'll put at the end of this as well that chad they did remove stabs from chad's scene because it was just too over the top they said there was originally 14 stab sounds and in this version there's only seven although if you listen closely it sounds like a lot more i think it's the knives going in and coming back out but they did confirm that. As far as the reveal goes, they mentioned the, the bit about misinformation, about that's these days it's not good enough to kill someone, you have to assassinate their character. That was on purpose. They said this is something that they these characters have to deal with in 2023 that Sidney Prescott didn't have to deal with back then. The whole misinformation of the internet and the way things are going, and that was a part of their pitch to Spyglass when they pitched this film initially. And Guy Busick told me that as well when he said that, like, we go and we pitch this entire thing to Spyglass before we shoot anything and we get the okay on everything which makes it way easier for them not to have to meddle or to 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 get involved in things and change things up and basically warner bros the fuck out of this thing as far as why they chose to go with richie's family as as the as the killers in this movie is they said that the in scream five as much as they love the reveal it was intellectual and not primal and this brings that primal feel to it because it's a it's a family thing it's a revenge plot and they said based on the fact that the whole more movie is really about family about sam and tara and the core four and and gail and, and her speech in there that it just made sense to have the reveal be about family and i get that they specifically had melissa barrera stab dermot mulroney's character 40 three times just to on purpose up the kill count from Richie which is a kind of a cool nod if you think about how these movies are always talking about the rules and now you have to outdo the last one they had him stab 43 times they, they pointed out specifically they understand that some people are going to be mad that everybody survived and they said hey if you're mad that everyone survived 
cool. We own it. That's just what they wanted to do, and I have to respect that. And I think Dewey's death kind of earned that for this movie, so I don't have a problem with it either, especially when you compare it to the original. So many of the main characters survive there, too. So I think I think to subvert expectations, it's a pretty neat thing. I mean, if they killed off Gale specifically, it would have been like, hey, every time we got to get rid of one legacy character, and it would have been a pattern, which is not what you want in these movies. They did say one thing about Scream 7. One of the guys said, hey, guys, tell us about Scream 7. And they laughed, and they said, hey, this could be it right here. And they said, we do honestly treat each movie like like it's our last one. We put it all into this and trust that later on we'll come up to other stuff. But they hinted that there's nothing they're planning in the future, which uh, obviously is bad for, for Stu folks. But hey, writers are going to fucking write. They can write it in. Writer, I'll break it off. The goddamn pen is blue. And my friends, that is everything I learned from the Scream 6 commentary. I had a blast watching it. I totally recommend you check it out. There's like 10 featurettes on the special features. They're all really interesting to watch. Uh, interviews with the cast members, behind-the-scenes stuff, some really cool things about how they film the whole thing. The gag reel is just, it's its a must-fucking-watch. It's amazing. And you know what? You're a must-fucking-watch because I love watching your fucking faces. I can see all of you right now. Hey, put your dick down. I love you all's fucking faces. I hope you have an amazing day. And if you like Scream content like this, getting deep up inside of them, them, them Scream shits, Screaming Demons, then you, uh, you click that subscribe button, you click that bell so that YouTube will let you know when we make these. Halloween never ends. Suck my fucking dick. And I don't really care what Blumhouse fucking says. Put him in a box. But suck a fucking cock. You can say he's dead, but we all know he's not. Yeah. So let's go trick or treating, let's go fucking drinking, let's all go in pumpkin head on VHS. Cause Halloween never ends, Halloween never ends, Halloween never ends, yeah.